Hello and welcome to another episode of the Friday Film Club. I'm joined today by Hattie Pearson, who you probably hear every weekday afternoon on Hits Radio. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Here we are. I'm excited to be talking about films. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, I guess it's a bit of a change from your, your normal day job, kind of. Yeah, talking about music and, uh, you know, giving away loads of money on the radio. That's what my day-to-day -day job consists of. Um, I must admit, I'm really bad with films. Like, <laughs> in the sense, I like watching films. But I'm one of those people that can get halfway through a film or even more like two-thirds, you know, like the closing sequence of being like, you know what, I'm, I'm sure I've seen this. I'm sure I've watched this film before. And it, it takes usually that long or, you know, I very rarely can get through a film without falling asleep. So, yeah, I wouldn't exactly call myself a film buff, let's put it that way. That is the perfect type of guest for this show. Uh, I love it. Uh, and you know what, I've done my fair share of falling asleep in uh, cinemas as well, so I'm with you on that. So, uh, before we jump into the questions, uh, do tell everyone listening uh, a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, so I'm a radio presenter on Hits Radio, like you said, doing the afternoon show. I only started that a few weeks ago um, in January, in fact. Uh, so I was pre previously I was doing early breakfast. So I was having to get up in the middle of the night to be at work for 3 a.m. So uh, this new kind of schedule and work routine has been a very welcome um change to my life I suppose so I'm adjusting to getting like seven eight hours in fact I had 10 hours sleep last night so I feel like a completely new woman I'm getting a lot of rest and I'm able to have social plans in the evenings uh which counts for a lot you know when I've been used to working evenings and weekends for years and then um so I'm a radio a radio DJ a DJ as well I have a club night I DJ festivals and um I have a residency in Manchester called Girls on Film which is uh, a monthly, we kind of call it like a cheesy throwback party. It's 80s, 90s, noughties. Uh, you know, people just coming down. It's a very diverse uh, group of people. Everyone's welcome. Uh, we have some really cool dancers and special guests. And um, yeah, it's just a bit of a laugh. We have the silent disco and stuff as well. So yeah, a few festivals lined up this summer already. Fingers crossed there'll be announcements of a few more. And um, yeah, that's about, I'd say that's about it. There are a few other things that I dabble in, event hosting and things like that as well. But yeah. I know how to keep myself busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like every radio DJ is, they're a, they're a DJ, but they most most of you guys tend to do stuff in the evenings. You do festivals. Like, you guys are busy. People just think you rock up and talk for a couple of hours a day, and that's it. But well, yeah, that's that that's the most part, you know. That's what uh, that's our bread and butter, I suppose. But yeah, for me, it's like the the variety of being able to enjoy doing additional things like event hosting or voiceover work, or you know, talking to people like yourself and being part of exciting projects like this. That uh, you know, you get to meet different people all the time. So yeah, I'm really grateful for you know the the way life seems to have panned out. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, um, well, and we'll talk more about that as we as we get through the show. But uh, let's dive into a couple of questions. So, what is your favourite film of all time? So, up until probably about it probably was about two years ago, my favourite film was Thelma and Louise, an absolute classic. I think it was released in like ninety two or something, mm -hmm. maybe a little bit later. But you know, the story, the relationship, their friendship, Thelma and Louise are just you know there's nothing that is gonna and I were you know no spoilers but most people listening surely should have seen that <laughs> um but yeah for me it's just you know they go above and beyond 
anything in the entire world to for, for one another and I think the the story is it, yeah it's just a beautiful narrative I think that it's filmed really really beautifully as well and there's also some really funny moments like you know they obviously get themselves into some really difficult challenging situations along the way and you just think oh my gosh where is this going for anyone that's not watched it but, you know the first time you think I have no idea what's going to happen and they just seem to carry on going and going and then the ending and you're like oh well I guess there was there was nowhere else left to go like so yeah Thelma and Louise um is definitely up there but uh recently like I say when I saw Queen and Slim I don't know if you know it, it came out in the cinema probably just before lockdown the first lockdown so yeah I'm gonna say like January 2020 maybe it was the year before I think it was January 2020 mm -hmm. and it, it became my I saw it in the cinema and I left the cinema and said that's my favorite ever film my friend Emily who I was with was like what how can that be your favorite <laughs> film like we've only just seen it and I was like no it's like it's overtaken and I think the the similarities with Queen and Slim, Slim and Thelma and Louise is that it's you know two people are on the run from the police for different reasons and I won't kind of go into why or how but um I think Queen and Slim is a very modern take on on Thelma and Louise's story of like they're, they're running away from the police there's a lot of you know very current political messages in there about um about equality and how how race kind of comes into that conversation as well mm -hmm. and um police brutality so I I was just absolutely blown away by the performances of the two lead actors uh, I mean, I'd love Daniel Kaluuya, like probably my favourite actor. And I told you I'm really bad with actors' names, but the female lead is also just sensational. It was actually one of her... I remember looking into... Which, again, because I'm not a film buff, I don't really do a huge amount of looking into who the actors are or who the directors are. But I remember I actually did a bit of research on uh, the film after I'd seen it. And it was one of the director's first big pieces. So, yeah, I was ju I, I just thought it was incredible, um, mind-blowing. And the soundtrack was phenomenal as well. So, yeah, for anyone that hasn't seen Queen and Slim, you absolutely have to. Yeah, and I shamefully am one of those people, but that, that is a hell of an endorsement that you've just given it. So I think I'm going to have to go and check that out. I remember it doing the award circuit and thinking at the time that I, I have to try and find it. But it's kind of it was one of those that uh, being in a in a little town where all we have is an Odeon and, uh, you know, Cineworld and like the big chains. Uh, Queen and Slim wasn't really shown that much, which I think says a lot about them kind of yeah. films. Absolutely. I did see it at a small independent cinema in Manchester, at Juicy Street Warehouse. Um, but it actually is on Prime now, so you can, you can watch it on Prime. I've, I've watched it a few times since. And I'm one of these people that, you know, unless I knowingly watch, I very rarely watch films over again, unless it's by accident and I'm at the mm. end of like. I got, I've definitely watched this. Um, yeah, <laughs> I try to avoid, but it's Queen and Slim I've watched a few times and as as same with Thelma and Louise as well. Yeah, I, lo I love Thelma and Louise. Yeah, so uh, any anything that compares to that is a, is a winner in my book. But uh, but what what was it though about Queen and Slim that made you think um, you know immediately that that's it? That's my favourite film. Again, I think it was a lot to do with the relationship between the two characters. So, like I say, they're they're on the run from the police because of an incident that happens, and they're actually on a first date. And you just think if this was a first date. I mean, yeah, it would be the maddest first date ever. <laughs> um, it it kind of it takes a turn. Let's put it that way. And then they they fall in love, and you know it it is a romantic film in in some respects, I suppose. But I don't think I've ever cried as much as I have 
at the end of a film, apart from Thelma and Louise, I suppose, it is one of the, and I, I, I enjoy crying at a film. Um, you know, I, I get quite a lot out of, feel, you know, be, feeling moved by by um, something that I'm watching. You know, I feel like the director, the producers, the team have kind of done, and the actors, of course, have kind of done their work if they make me feel such a, an intense emotion. So, yeah, it's their relationship and how it's so unexpected because, that you know, they're on a first date and then they go through so much together uh and they stick by each other they do everything they can to get through these obstacles that they face along the journey of basically running away from police yeah Mm. and um kind of going on a a bit of a tangent about that because you mentioned obviously uh that the race uh, plays a part in in queen and slim how important do you think it is to tell those kinds of stories at the moment to, to kind of really champion better representation in film Oh, it's um, it's absolutely vital. I mean, across the board, whether you know whether it's about LGBTQ plus um, issues or race, diver- any kind of diversity, the more stories that we can have of people that aren't, you know, white middle class middle-aged men uh, telling those stories and directing those stories anything we can be doing to uh, see people other people's perspectives is really important and you know whether that's through film or tv or podcasts or music um you know to be to be able to have that um and be able to to give people the space to share the, that on those platforms is is vital to ensure that we hopefully one day reach a fairer society that treats every person with respect and humility absolutely could not agree more with that uh, what is your least favorite film <laughs> um okay probably far too many to count i don't actually think i've ever watched the film i'm like oh god that was awful uh but anything scary i'm not into horror films don't like anything that so I, even though i say about the emotion thing i don't mind crying and being like oh god that was so sad i loved it <laughs> but yeah i hate being scared i just don't see why you'd want to go to the cinema and scream or like I, I just don't get it it's on the edge of your seat it, it terrifies me so um anything scary I can't I don't even think I've ever watched a horror an actual horror film it's just it's just not for me um even the um the latest Bond film I went to the cinema to watch that and I was like oh, 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 squealing my way through the entire film and uh the person that I was with was like are you, are you all right like I think we might have to leave if you carry on I was just so loud and jumpy uh that it, yeah it's just it's not my kind of film <laughs> is it is it the 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 jumps or is it just the real like uncomfortableness of horror that you don't like um see I like so I like thrillers and I like action but yeah I do jump I'm quite jumpy so I will just scream in the middle of the cinema um which is just like annoying and disturbing for other people in the audience so you know I don't want to be one of those one of those people that um kind of ruins that experience for others Uh, so I'd rather just not bother to be honest (laughs) yeah I guess it depends what you're saying I mean I think in a standard horror film then it's perfectly acceptable but if you're jumping all over the place at James Bond then uh it might put some people off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was there, is there any other particular genre? Are you like a genre person? Is it like you're, you go for rom-coms, for instance, you don't go for horror, uh, or, or are, you, are you a little bit more nuanced than that? Yeah, no, I'm quite, I'm kind of open. And again, because I'm, because I'm not a film buff. If somebody came to me and was like, "Oh, you should watch this film," because they either know me or they think it's a good film, and I'd be like, "Okay, cool," as long as it's not a horror film. Hmm. Um, so I wouldn't say that there's anything in particular that, apart from horror, uh, that I'm like, no, absolutely not. You know what? I love war films. Really like big into war films so rom-coms you know they're fine but I'm not like a big rom-com I'd rather have like an action or yeah action or thriller 
And I think it, to me, it's about it, you know, having actually reflecting on the two, my two favorite films. I mean, they're both about a police chase. Like that's what they're both about, uh, you know, two friends and then two people that end up becoming, I suppose, a couple and fall in love or whatever. Um, but so yeah, they're both action films, but I think there has to be kind of be an overriding perhaps message or, you know, I, I'm big into uh, films that are based on historical events as well. So actually if I can learn something about, you know, a certain period in time, even though I wouldn't say his, history things, I'm not hugely into history, but a certain event, whether it's a political event or, you know, a riot or something like that, or, a, you know, the AIDS pandemic or whatever in the eighties, anything that's kind of got a story, but particularly a character story or the relationship between, two people that um you know I can I can kind of hook onto and be like I like this friendship or this relationship that these these two people have have kind of got yeah. mm, that's fair enough and that's definitely something you don't get from a, a ghost haunting a, a poor family exactly. in the house so, yeah. exactly <laughs> uh, so fair enough um, okay which film or tv character do you most relate to um, I had to think about this one. There's probably two. I mean, I'm single, so I'm going to just be like the Bridget Jones, like single and lonely <laughs> and miserable. But I was, uh, I would probably, and actually, I was. Bridget Jones was on the TV the other night, and I was watching it with a glass of wine. I was like, this is this is basically me. Um, and but if I try and like make myself feel a little bit better about myself, probably Tigger. I guess I'm quite like chaotic and like lots of my friends. Oh, maybe that's not the nicest adjective to describe. <laughs> myself but yeah my friends think I'm quite like off off the you know bouncing off the wall all the time and so I'd say probably Tigger but everyone likes Tigger Tigger's one of the good guys he's fine Tigger's not you know we all like Tigger don't we everyone loves Tigger I've I've, ne I've never had someone compare themselves to a, a children's uh, character before oh, really which is, okay which is a good answer a bit of a contrast to Bridget Jones, though. You've, you've really covered, like, both ends of the spectrum there. Crying into yeah. the wine glass, jumping around like a madman. Yeah, I think that, that does cover both bases. I think we've, <laughs> we've hit, it, hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit more uh, about yourself. Like, how did you, how did you get into radio? Uh, so I got into radio about 10 years ago I was at University of Manchester and I wanted to I knew that I kind of wanted to work in media whether that was at the time I was still kind of considering going into journalism like print journalism newspaper and like the idea of tv as well as radio and then I started doing student radio um, and kind of just fell in love with yeah being on the radio and got lots of work experience I was working at XFM which is now Radio X and I was freelancing at the BBC at BBC Breakfast and Six Music and Radio Manchester doing various things producing or you know runnering and things like that and then um, I won the Student Radio Award in 2012 so yeah two years ago uh two years ago 10 years ago <laughs> so old um for uh and I did a one-off show on Radio One and then kind of things just snowballed from there really got a got a job at XFM as it was at the time and did various shows kind of worked my way up from early weekend breakfast to overnights and then uh moved to Key 103 about six years ago something like that and then um 
and then Key 103 turned into Hits Radio about four years ago. Uh, and I was on weekends and then I moved to earlys and now I and now I do the afternoons. So it's it's one of those you kind of like any job, I suppose, you kind of get promotions or move radio stations, move shows. And so yeah, that's that's how I kind of got to where I am, I suppose. Lots of waking up in the middle of the night and doing all the shows that nobody wanted to do. And I yeah. suppose it's it's paid off finally. Yeah, of course. So would you rather do, uh, assuming that, that you could do the same time um, in both options, would you rather do two days a week and work weekends or five days a week and do weekdays? Oh, absolutely what I'm doing now. Yeah, five <laughs> days a week. I mean, and you get paid more because you're on five days. So yeah, <laughs> like, obviously. Yeah. And you get to see your friends at the weekends. That's that's the point. So yeah, you know, I've had 10 years of not being able to do things at the weekends and see friends. So yeah, I, f- I feel very grateful that I've, and I've always said like afternoons would be the dream time to be on the radio. So mm. uh, when I, when my boss and I had the conversation late last year and he offered me, I just, I couldn't believe my luck really. So yeah, it's still still kind of getting used to the idea that it's it's real life and I'm I'm doing it. So yeah, I'm very very happy to be uh, doing my dream job. Yeah, well, um, congrats. And and just so you don't feel too old, uh, I remember being at the Student Radio Awards back in 2009. <laughs> uh, it's a great event as well. Okay, a really good night. Good. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah but absolutely. At, is. at what point though did you kind of have that realization that actually this isn't just going to be a hobby? This is something like you're you're going to do. Yeah, maybe it was the like the Student Radio Association played a huge part in that and picking up the award kind of gave me that opportunity to like propel myself into the industry and really have that belief and that self-confidence behind my abilities. And I suppose making the connections al- along the way. Um, and I think I, I also because I lived in Manchester and I never I never went home I never went back to I'm from like Newbury in Berkshire and I suppose I could have when I left uni been like oh god I don't really have a job I need to go home and save some money but I was like no I'm staying I'll like do whatever I have to do to you know pay my way so I was freelancing but I was also working like a receptionist job and uh like part-time bar work and various other things so you kind of you know you just make do until things kind of fit so uh yeah and even like I say now it's still I'm still kind of in a position where I have to pinch myself that I am doing my dream job but I think I very quickly realized it was what I wanted to do you know at student radio I had just had so much fun and met some incredible people who are still some of my best friends and mm-hmm. I think I got to that point I was like if I can you know some people actually get paid to do this like if I can <laughs> if I can work out the the formula to this then I'm like I'm on to a winner um and I suppose I did I did work out the formula to some degree um so yeah that's that's what happened yeah you you've you've cracked it but uh, <laughs> uh well, I won't share my secrets in case anybody steals <laughs> my job <laughs> yeah that, that that's for the book right yeah yeah exactly uh, so uh, what what's the worst job you've ever had well my first job uh I wrapped um fish and chips in a chip shop um <laughs> age 13 which I actually loved I really loved that job and when the chip boy and he was it was always a boy that was at the chip shop didn't turn up to work or was sick or whatever I had to be the chip boy so that would be even worse than wrapping the fish and chips themselves and stinking of fat and you know getting covered in batter and all all manner of things but yeah out the back you had to put the bag of potato you know like we're talking a 20 kilogram bag of potatoes into the into the peeler which would peel the potatoes and then they'd go into a big bucket of water and then you'd have to take 
some of the potatoes out into the chipper and they'd go through the machine that would turn them into chips into another bucket of water and it would be freezing because you'd have the hose going everywhere and you'd get drenched and so in the middle of winter it was being the chip chip boy was not much fun not much fun <laughs> on like and we're talking how old am I yeah we're talking like almost 20 years ago so I think I was probably on about three pound 50 you know I wow. was under I, I was under 15 so you know I don't think there's a a minimum wage or even back then like I say it was absolute peanuts so I suppose that taught me how to how to graft how to work for a living which I certainly don't uh I don't regret doing that at all yeah, yeah I didn't eat, I didn't eat chips for a long time after that <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm not surprised was this back in the day when they were still using like newspaper to wrap up the chips all right I'm not that old <laughs> no not quite it's the it's the paper that is without newspapers Jesus that wasn't one in yeah. the 30s I'm not sure when they stopped doing that that was it was still a thing when I was a kid okay fine okay, but yeah fine. yeah uh, anyway moving on swiftly um so if your life was a movie who would play you um, you know what, this didn't take much, much thinking about because one of my friends, well, actually quite a few of my friends always say that I I kind of have a life like this person, although not the actor themselves. But and it was the, it's the only person that I ever kind of get refer, compared to in terms of looks or, you know, kind of mannerisms is Billy Piper. Uh, I don't think I look anything like her at all. But um, it's yeah, I'd have to go with Billy Piper. I think I, I've got a massive girl crush on her. I think she's beautiful. I love everything that she's in. Um, I saw her in a play, an adaptation of Yerma at the Young Vic in London, probably about five years ago. She was sensational. I used to love her in um, Secret Diary of a Cool Girl. And then, you know, the stuff that she's done more recently, I Hate Susie and Fantastic Beasts, I think the film was called. Yeah, everything she does. The only thing that I've never watched that she was in was Doctor Who, because I'm not a Doctor Who fan. But yeah, I love Billy Piper. So if anyone could play me, it would definitely be Billy Piper. It's a good choice. Uh, I yeah. feel like a lot of people probably would have become fans of Billy Piper because of Doctor Who. So it's, uh, yeah. yeah interesting but uh yeah i hate susie i remember was so like like it was like marmite i i knew some people that loved it and some people that just absolutely despised that show um well so, yeah. for me it's billy piper like i said anything that billy piper's in you just yeah i think she's i think she's brilliant i've got a lot of time for her i think she's and especially the fact that she's you know going down the producing and directing route as well mm. and you know if she's she's certainly one of those people that managed to move away from the you know she was what 50 14 15 when she released her her first single because we want to back in what 95 or 96 which was actually the first single that I ever bought so I think my my love affair with uh, Billy Piper started started back in the 90s and it's it's kind of never left since really yeah I, I forget that she was actually a singer uh, before yeah. an actress wow uh, so in this um, in this biopic of yours, um, is there any particular moment in your life that you just imagine uh, Billy Piper bring into the screen better than any other? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I've recently gone through a divorce, so I think Billy Piper would bring a lot to that. I think the emotion and some of the some of the circumstances and situations that, you know, I can now look back at and probably not laugh but you know see that they happen for a reason I think Billy would definitely bring her own to, to those circumstances and uh, situations for sure. Yeah absolutely that seems like right up uh, Billy Piper's <laughs> street and, uh, and yeah and onwards and upwards uh, you know obviously best of luck with uh, uh, all of that. 
thank you. you. It's but, fine. Uh, Thanks. Yeah. It's all done. Onwards and upwards. The future is bright. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so, uh, what is your most nostalgic film? Uh, this was an easy one. It's got to be The Lion King. I remember watching it with my brother so many times when we were kids. Yeah, my older brother, Ed, he's just yeah two years older than me. So, I don't know what year that came out. It must have been... Again, like 96 or 97, maybe a bit later. But yeah, I mean, the the soundtrack is just the best soundtrack ever. I mean, it's The Lion King. And um, I, my brother actually called his dog Nala. And so, yeah, I, I just love it. You can't, how, again, how can you not love The Lion King? It's just such a beautiful story. And that I love animals. And it's, it's just a really sweet, sweet, apart from obviously, well, no spoilers, the, the worst bit when... Uh, when Simba loses his dad is pre is pretty bad, but most of it, you know, the, and again, it's the friendship between uh, Timon and Pumbaa and Simba and how they how they kind of make good of a pretty bad situation when Simba runs away from home and how they kind of adopt him and become this family. Yeah, it's about love and friendship, and uh, I'm yeah, I can't get enough of it to be honest. Yeah, you don't have to convince me. I'm a 90s <laughs> kid. And uh, I think for all of us that grew up in the 90s, The Lion King was like the, the 101 in, in dealing with grief because of that yeah, scene. Uh, absolutely. And, yeah, that's totally my era. But and, uh, it's not the first time that Lion King has, has come up on this show. So I have to ask, Yeah. what are your thoughts on the remake? Uh, have I seen it? <laughs> I think that answers my question there. I must have done. I must have done. Um, so I'm a big Disney, like I'm a big Disney fan. Um, like I've been to Disney World like numerous times. I can't even remember when was it out. Was it quite recent? Um, it was a few years ago now. I must have seen it. I must have seen. It. Again, this is what I mean. I can't even remember if I have or I haven't. I probably mm. have. I probably have. Uh, but no, it's got to be about the. It's it's got to be the first. It's got to be all about the original Lion King for sure. Oh, absolutely. What what's your favourite Disney film? Is it The Lion King? Yeah, I would say so. Mary Poppins is a really good one. Oh, it's a classic. Um, yeah, I do love Mary Poppins. Yeah, I mean, Pocahontas is another good one. Um, I've not watched that for a long time as well. But yeah, anything from like that 90s era is... Mm. is is my kind of my kind of stuff really i mean all of the new stuff i really enjoyed the dumbo remake actually um that i really loved that um that was quite recent wasn't it yeah i liked yeah. the dumbo remake yeah that was I really did. nice yeah I, I enjoyed it it was very sweet was, i actually watched that on the plane on the way to disney world in florida <laughs> i mean there's no better way really to yeah, yeah, get exactly, exactly. Yeah. i i i always remember because if, if i if I ever had to answer what my most nostalgic film would be, it would be Mary Poppins. Um, yeah. Because as a, as a kid, I wore out two VHS tapes of Mary Poppins. Wow. Um, it was just it was just the film that was just constantly on repeat. And yeah, I like... you know what? It was definitely like between that and Lion King, my brother and I must have watched Mary Poppins just over and over and over again. I recently got given a Disney piano book up play the piano and one of my friends bought me that for my birthday back in November so I've been trying to do a few piano pieces of Disney tracks and Feed the Birds is one of the tracks one of the songs in the piano book so I'm learning Feed the Birds on the piano at the moment which is mm. which is really nice it's oh, nice uh, yeah it's, it's really lovely to be able to play that yeah have you ever heard of Johnny May and um, so he's the like guy that did all the ragtime piano playing in Main Street in Disney World 
and he does oh, all this okay. stuff now on YouTube, and he he like he's kind of got a bit famous from doing like loads of Disney song covers, but in a sort of jazzy ragtimey sort of way. So if you're into piano, check him oh, out. Oh, cool! Yeah, I will definitely check that out. Thanks for the recommendation. Yeah, no worries. I'll enjoy that. Awesome. So, last question: What is your guilty pleasure? Oh, we're talking films, right? <laughs> um, yes, strictly film, because otherwise this could go in a very, very dark direction. So there's two. Um, again, they're films that I've watched over and over and over again. At a really like weird point in my life as well. Like I probably was only like eight or nine and used to watch these films on repeat, which they're probably a bit too adult for an eight or a nine year old. So I'm not quite sure what my mum and dad were like, allowing me to do. But uh, Grease um, is one of them. I know all the uh, Grease, again, the, the original. I know all the words to Grease. Um, but again, that was like in late 70s or something, wasn't it? So I don't really know why I was watching that as an eight year old. Again, I think it was just to the music more than anything. Um, I think that probably just captured my imagination. And, you know, again, it's a love story. It's they fall in love and, you know. Yeah, I, I um, love Grace. I love Grace. And yeah. I watched it as a kid as well. And I just I think a lot of the it's not even really subtext, is it? It's very direct. Uh, yeah. It kind of goes over your head when you're a kid. Yeah, I think so. I do think so. And I, I think you're probably going to ask before I even, so I'll answer your question before you even ask, <laughs> about the, the Grease 2 and was there a Grease 3? I don't, I don't think I've ever watched them and I, I certainly won't because I know they won't be as good. But there, there is another one as well, uh, Pretty Woman, which again, like now, if, if and I think that must have been like early 90s as well. I mean, again, God knows why I was watching that as like an eight, nine-year-old because it's about a prostitute, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> But again, as you know, she gets saved by this guy. And I think that there would be absolutely no way that this kind of film could be released in this day and age. Like the misogyny around that, the, the context, and it just would never get past, you know, past the script, the, the script writing, and, you know, the ideas in, in a boardroom of saying, like, oh, this is a good idea. I just don't think it would ever get there. But yeah, so Grease and Pretty Woman are, are my two guilty pleasures, I'd say. They are um, phenomenal choices. And yeah. Grease, I couldn't agree more with. And I, do you know what? I had this conversation with my first guest on the show, uh, presenter Dan Bancroft. His guilty pleasure is Grease 2. Oh, gosh. And I don't think I'd ever be able to get on with him. <laughs> no, no. I've never introduced her. But he said um, the, the, he, he is adamant that the soundtrack to Grease 2 is better than the soundtrack to Grease, which I'm... I know I'm, I can't comment because I've not seen Grease 2, but I'm not having that. I'm not no, having that. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we are fully agreed on Grease. And yeah, some great answers there. Uh, before I let you go, do remind everyone uh, how they can connect with you and listen to you and um, in, in any way pester you. Uh, so yeah, I'm on socials, Insta and Twitter, just Hattie Pearson with um, two T's and an IE. Uh, so yeah, come and find me and then you can listen to me on the radio Monday to Friday um, on Hits Radio from 1 till 4pm. Amazing. Well, thank you very much, Hattie. And uh, Good luck with uh, the new job. You are smashing Thank it, and you. I'm sure you'll continue to do so. Thank you very much for having me. It's been awesome. That's it for this episode of the Friday Film Club. I do hope you enjoyed it. And of course, you can listen back to all previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And remember as well to connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at the Fry Film Club. We will, of course, post links to all of our guest info in the show notes. So look out for that as well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.